In a previous episode of this The Year With Jesus series, I introduced the liturgical year, a way of shaping our years around Jesus and his story rather than the stories of this world. Now there's no verse in the New Testament that says we should adhere to the liturgical year, but I hope to show in this episode that shaping the year around Jesus and his story was the pattern of ancient Israel, and perhaps there's a lesson in that for us. And to do that, we're going to turn to Leviticus chapter 23. Now this chapter is one of my favourite chapters in the whole Bible, because it's a chapter really about parties. And I, I love it because it gives us a, a real insight into the, 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 the annual life of ancient Israel and what the Lord's priorities were for them. The chapter begins with the Sabbath, this weekly practice of labouring for six days and resting on the seven. A practice which echoes God's own pattern in Genesis 1 where he works for six days before resting on the seventh. Sabbath was this sacred assembly or this holy day, yeah think holiday, and on it God commanded that no work was to be done. And the Lord was really strong about that no work policy because Sabbath rest reminded them that that God was the creator and that they were created and that were created to join in with his pattern of work and rest. But also Sabbath reminded them and us that God saves us, that we don't save ourselves. This is found in Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15. Now the whole of the Israelite year was built on this Sabbath rest. In other words, the foundation of life has to be on God's work for us. Before we do anything, we need to rest in his work for us. And I think there's a lesson there for us. I think that needs to be our pattern as well. We need to be those who who rest and find refreshment in the Lord before we turn to our labours. And for us, when we gather with the church family on, on a Sunday to remember and celebrate and experience and live out the gospel in word and in communion, uh, th- this is where we come for, for rest and refreshment in the Lord before we go out to the rest of our week. A prayer we we sometimes pray towards the end of our gathered worship is uh, send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. It's kind of like as we've been refreshed by the Lord in our gathering, we go out to work for his praise and his glory. Well look, with the regular Sabbath rest in place, the first of the annual festivals uh, of ancient Israel was, was Passover and unleavened bread. Now, what could this be about? Because when we're looking at the Bible, we want the Bible to help us understand the Bible. So when we hear about uh, themes or words in the Bible, we want to ask ourselves, well, what what does the rest of the Bible have to say about that theme or that word? And, And that kind of unlocks the Bible for us. Well, what could Passover be about? Well, it's noteworthy, isn't it, that Jesus chooses to die at Passover. We see that in Matthew 26. And he's described as our Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Jesus doesn't reject Passover as this kind of ancient and irrelevant tradition, but he sees it as explaining what he's doing. It was pointing forward to his work on the cross. Of course, he replaces that Passover festival with us, for us, with Holy Communion. But this first festival then anticipated the death of Jesus. The next festival was called First Fruits. If the first festival was about the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus, what might this festival be about? 
Well, at first fruits, the priests would, would wave the first sheaf of grain at harvest, as if to say to the Lord, here's the first of the harvest and we offer it to you. And we're expecting that much more is coming. Well, where else do we hear the word first fruits used in the Bible? Perhaps that might shed light on this festival. Well, the Apostle Paul uses this word when talking about Jesus' resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20, he says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is the first of this harvest from among the dead, the first of us that has come through death and into new life. Of course, because he's been raised, we too will follow, we'll be raised with him if we trust in him. So this second festival anticipates and celebrates the resurrection of Christ. Then comes the festival of weeks. From the feast of first fruits, the Israelites were to count seven full weeks, so 50 days. We see that in Leviticus 23 verse 16. If the festival of first fruits speaks of Jesus' resurrection, what happened 50 days after the resurrection? Well, Pentecost, and Pentecost just means 50th day. We notice two things when we look at Pentecost and the Feast of Weeks. Firstly, that the post-ascension church continued to celebrate it after the first Pentecost. See Acts 20 verse 16 and 1 Corinthians 16, 8. But also, look at the application of the Festival of Weeks in Leviticus and what happens following Pentecost in Acts. In Leviticus 23:22, it says this, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. And then look at Acts 4:34. We see actually that like the festival of weeks meant looking after the poor and showing they had no need. And when we see Acts 4, it's interesting that when the, the Spirit comes at Pentecost, he, he produces this church that's devoted to ensuring that there was no need among them. So we see similarities there. Well, look, next up is the Festival of Trumpets. And perhaps we're, we're getting the idea that all these festivals are pointing to a particular part of Jesus' story. So we ask ourselves, what part of Jesus' story involves trumpets? And it's his return. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 to 17, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. So the festival of trumpets is, is pointing forward to this return of Christ when the trumpet of God will sound. Then comes the Day of Atonement. It's this one day of the year in which the high priest alone goes into the most holy place in the tabernacle that represented heaven. And he goes in with the blood of a sacrifice and makes atonement for the people. We see clearly in the New Testament that Jesus is the great high priest who's gone not into the most holy place, but into heaven with his blood for our atonement. Hebrews 10 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This day of atonement in the Old Testament would be this graphic, multi-sensory inaction of the work of Christ in his death, his resurrection and ascension. Well, last but not least, we have the Festival of Tabernacles. In this festival, the Israelites would live in tents for a week. Why would they do that? Well, we might remember that Abraham used to live in tents, even though he had enough money to build his own city with a palace in it. Why did he do that? Well, again, the Bible tells us, Hebrews 11, 9-10, By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. The festival of tabernacles reminded the people of God that this life was temporary, kind of like living in a tent and that the future city of God is coming, like a city, when he returns and brings about the new creation. Okay, so the point of all this is that the ancient Israelites were to shape their lives around the Messiah and what he would come and do for them. Their their year was built on this weekly practice of Sabbath rest, reminding them that God's salvation work was for them and they could rest in his work for for them and then they'd have these intentional times of thinking about specific parts of of christ's story my contention here is that god seems to be interested in how his people structure their time and that that while those feasts and festivals in the vertical form uh, are, are, are no longer needed in that same way because christ has done what they came to do we do see the church in the new testament celebrating things like Holy Communion instead of uh, Passover, and we see them celebrating Pentecost at the very least. I think we should consider how we might order and shape our lives and our stories around that great story of Jesus. And maybe the year with Jesus is one way that we can do that. 